Welcome to the Jeffers Brief, only on Contra Radio Network. Hello again, Intelligentsia. John Jeffers here on the Jeffers Brief, only on Contra Radio Network. Thanks for listening. Ah, well, I got a bunch of topics I want to talk about today. But first, let's do this. Um, I was looking over the stats so far for this month. This is the most downloads and listens here on Contra Radio Network that we've ever had. Ever. And believe it or not, I was looking at some of the things I get. I get a big uh, uh, a map of the world, and it shades in where we have downloads and how many, that kind of thing. That's about it, really. But believe it or not, we actually have a two, two downloads from Russia, which I'm really surprised. But the bit surprise is we've had just an influx of downloads from France and Spain. Welcome to Contrario Network. I'm glad you're listening. And now, oh, and we have more females than males listening. That's good. It's not a bad thing. It is a good thing. And if you need me to explain it to you, please email me at ContraRadioLive.com and I will explain it to you. Now, the last week I've been listening to, uh, actually not listening, I was watching uh, some of my social media accounts. As you know, I think social media is the toilet of the internet. However, it does seem to be an evil necessity if you have a podcast or whatnot and you want to get the word out there for people to listen. Okay, so there you go. Uh, I got to tell you, I find Gab to be somewhat interesting, but there are a lot of lunatics on Gab. And I don't mean lunatics as in ha-ha funny, lunatics as in whoa. So anyways, I had this um, interesting, con- it was a conversation with one of my hosts here on Contrario Network. And... I don't know what's going on with him because he, he just seems like he's a little bit out in left field there. And he had posted, you know, I wish I would have saved the post, but it was something along the lines how Putin was right and Putin is this and Putin is that. And he made a list, a very short list, like three items. And he said, you know, there are, you know, there are Nazis in Ukraine. And my response to him was, there are Nazis here in the United States who can run for political office. And the government doesn't arm them. They can arm themselves with firearms to the sec- because of the Second Amendment. And then, uh, and I told him, I said, there's also communists here in the United States. And granted, I'm not really speaking about the Democratic Party, though one could make the argument, what's the difference? I get it. But actual communists like uh, Bernie Sanders, you know, he changes it. Well, I'm a Democratic Socialist. No, you're a communist. We know that. Don't try to change the label. Try and make yourself more palatable to the voters. Eh, way wrong answer. We know better. So 
And then I think his second one was, you know, there were bio labs in Ukraine. My response was, there are bio labs here in the United States. First, you know, first and foremost comes to mind is Fort Detrick. And I would bet two dollars to donuts that pharmaceutical companies also have bio labs. So I guess my thing is this. I don't care what the Ukrainians have done in their country. That's the whole that's the whole point of national sovereignty. Of national borders. Either they mean something or they don't. Now I've seen a lot of uh, people on whether it's uh, USA.life, on Codius stream, or on Gab, screaming about, well, Putin should go in there. And I'm thinking, why? What gives him the right to go into a sovereign country? Like I said, either national borders mean something or they don't. Now, these people who say Putin's a real hero and he's the man, and I don't agree with that at all. However, I would say to them, well, if that's the case, then you shouldn't be posting anything about illegal immigration into the United States. Like I said, either borders mean something or they don't. Or does it really mean something if it's something that affects you? My point is this, simply. Ukraine is a sovereign country with its own borders. I don't care what you think about Putin. To send his troops in, for whatever reason. Now, he's sitting, the first reason was, well, there are Nazis in Ukraine. Yeah, so what? There are Nazis in the United States. Are you going to send stuff across the Bering Sea? I mean, come on. And again, it and you know, I, it was a discussion. It was we weren't slamming each other. We were, you know, he has his points. I have mine. We express them. We move on. We don't sit there and you know call each other names and anything else. Just putting it out there. So, and I think his uh, his last point was, would uh, if, well his his last point was, if Mexico had bio labs in their country, the United States would be right to go into that country. And I'm thinking, well, my response was, well, then Canada has every right to cross the northern border to get rid of biolabs in ours. And if you think for a moment that, yeah, you call them biolabs, call them uh, bioweapons labs, no matter what, your country, if it's big enough and powerful enough and is jostling to be number one on the block, to be the, to be the superpower, the idea that they can resist playing around with bioweapons? No, they can't resist. They have to do it. And if one side's doing it, you got to do it. For example, 
your next door neighbor has been threatening you with a gun, threatening to kill you, chances are you probably should go get a gun too just to protect yourself. Do not do what so many other people do in this country, and that is act like victims. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. You know, and this brings me to another point. I am sick and tired of hearing about celebrities. Oh, I have COVID. You know what? Don't care. Don't care. You got COVID, you got COVID. All right, so what? Don't care. That And as for the uh, two-tiered justice system, we have it. I don't even need to go into it. I've been into it many times over the years I've been doing this show. So, no. Another thing that's driving me crazy lately, and this is... It, I am sick and tired of seeing people dress like slobs. You know what I'm talking about. These are the people, and you see them. Uh, one of the, uh, you go to Walmart, and I'm not slamming Walmart shoppers. Walmart does have some good deals. you got to go. Not all of them, but, you know, they, they're worth going for the trip. Sometimes I go there. I try not to go there for anything. But regardless... You go to any grocery store. How many times have you seen people wandering up and down the aisle wearing their pajamas? Or they're wearing their robes and slippers and pajamas. Do, 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 do. Looking like they just rolled out of bed. Demanding that you respect them. How can you respect somebody who doesn't respect themselves? Since when is it okay to dress like a slob? And here's, and here's another thing that puts me just... Just gripes on my nerves. And maybe you're one of these people that don't like it either. I'm tired of seeing a 20-year-old or older men walking around with their baseball hat on backwards, with their little party t-shirt, and they're just a party guy. What are you, nine years old? Grow up! Grow up. It has been proven that the clothes make the man. And if you want to be politically correct, you could say the clothes make the person. Have you given up on yourself to the point that you're such a slob that you must force the rest of us to accept the fact that you've given up? I mean, when whether it's fair or not, people do judge you on the way you look. And if you look like a slob and you dress like a slob, people are going to think you are just that, a slob. And how many of us really want to get at, get into line at the grocery store or wherever to find out whether they've even showered in the last three or four days? That's how bad it is. I mean, are you so lazy you can't freaking get dressed properly? I'm not saying you got to wear a tuxedo or an evening gown, but come on. I mean, I I, I saw this uh, post a couple weeks ago from a military officer, and he and I, when I read it, a lot of people were jumping his crap, calling him arrogant and all that. Hold on. I, I said, let me let me see what this guy wrote. 
And basically he said this. 70% of the United States population is not fit for combat duty. 70%. So I'm thinking, hmm, all right. Then I started thinking about the slobs I see running around. And then I noticed their age group. You know, probably early 20s or something. Maybe their 30s. Now I'm looking at these people. And then I noticed some teenagers, older teenagers, adolescents, if you will. Not even adolescents, you know, like I said, older teenagers. 17, 18, you know. And they're with mom and dad. At, this is where I saw them at the grocery store. And I saw him, and I'm looking at this kid. And he is just as obese as his dad is. And what is and, and I said, well, let me let me take a glance in their shopping cart, because I was right behind him in line. As I'm looking, oh yeah. Fucking loaded with junk food, soda pops. You know, why don't you just tie a Doritos bag to the kid's neck and let him feed out of that? And so I thought, okay, this is maybe maybe not representative. Let me look around. So I'm looking up and down. Like, oh, there's another one. And it basically, it's the same situation. And it's like, really? Needless to say, you know, he had his two little girls there, and they're running around in their pajamas. Are you freaking serious? I would, I never let my daughter wear pajamas growing up out in public. No, you get dressed. You get dressed. And that and her and her mother's the same way. We thought the same on this. No, you're not going to go out wearing your pajamas. That's not the way it's done. So now I'm looking back and I'm seeing I'm thinking about all the stuff I've seen. You know what? One that military officer is correct. You look around. Look at all the teenagers you see. Uh -uh. No. No, no. And plus, not that, but the, most of them lack the self-discipline to even make it through the military. And how many times have I heard, and have you heard, if you've been in the military, someone says, you know, I was going to join the military, but, you know, everybody gets in my face yelling, I'm just going to go off on them. I'm thinking, bullshit, you're a fucking coward. You ain't, you haven't gone off on anything except the refrigerator. Which brings me to meal team six. Unless, you know, just because you play Call of Duty or whatever video game does not make you a combat veteran. It doesn't make you anything. Call of Duty has about as much resemblance to actual combat I mean, it's like apples and oranges. Oh, you know, you're not going to be, you know, I just can't stand it. And I've had it with the slobs. This country is on the downward swing of slob culture. And why shouldn't they be? There are, the standards are gone. No one adheres to them. The only time you may, you may see uh, people dressed appropriately, a wedding, a funeral or maybe a job interview or maybe you're going to get a business loan and even 
and even then, those situations, Slav culture is starting to actually impinge upon that social arena. Those social arenas. One thing I've noticed, and if try this experiment if you don't believe me. Dress like the slob. Go ahead, go in public, see how people look at you, how people treat you. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, and then the next time, wait a week, go to the same store, same time. But this time, put on a sports coat, button-down shirt. You can wear a pair of jeans with that. That's fine. And see how people actually react to you then. It's night and day because people judge you by the way you look. Well, it's fair or not. For the same reason that people judge you on your social media post by your spelling. If you use the word then in place of the word than, T-H-A-N, people are going to judge you, and rightfully so. You've got to watch your spelling. when you, People are going to judge you on your spelling. Whether it's fair or not, they're going to. They may not notice it, but they're doing it. It's true. All right. I got that off my chest. I know. Some of you think I'm making more than what it is. No, I'm not. No, no, no. Trust me on this one. Uh, oh, quick note. Uh, Dave Kirscher and myself have got our NFT collection up for sale. I will put the link on there. Uh, series 1 deals with... Uh, Female preppers, they're very affordable. They're very affordable. Trust me on this one. I'm not, you know, Dave and I know we're not going to be millionaires. But I'll post the uh, website address so you can go look at them. I've been posting a few at a time every day. And I said, they're very affordable. Something different, I think you'll like it. Our good friend Mark Boyle loves it. You know Mark. It's fine. Actually, I'm surprised Mark even called me because I thought he locked himself into his cellar, into his basement bunker, never to be seen or heard from again, but I was wrong. He came back. Now, if you're preppers out there, uh, let's talk about something that uh, perhaps, and maybe if you new preppers out there you don't know, or you listening to around the world, we're talking about something called facts about potassium iodide tablets that everyone should know. Uh, Tess Pennington, thank you for the articles, very good. Uh, the reason I bring it up, with Putin rattling the nuclear saber, in fact, his uh, foreign, foreign minister, said Lavrov, was it Lavrov? Today made another veiled reference to nuclear war. The thing of this, this is the bottom line. No matter what the West does or says, all Putin's going to say is, that's an escalation, that's an escalation, 
that's an escalation. Biden is absolutely terrified of Putin. Terrified! Maybe because in his own mind, if he even has one left, and he's actually self-aware of what he says half the time, knows that he himself has been on the wrong side of every foreign policy decision he's ever made in his 50 years in D.C. And he knows he's screwing this one up too, and he can't help himself. Look, I'm torn. I'm absolutely torn, and I've told you this before, about whether we should send troops into Ukraine or not. I, 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 first of all, I don't think our military can handle it right now. We had a 20-year you know, supposed war on terror. You know, Afghanistan is an absolute debacle. We should have been out of Afghanistan 15 years ago. But nonetheless, when they did decide to leave, it was an absolute mess. For a number of reasons, which I'm not going into right now. But let me ask you this. United States policy. If there is a cyber attack upon a critical infrastructure here in the United States, that is considered war. My friends, we are at war with the Russians in cyberspace. Whether you know it or want to acknowledge it or admit it, makes no difference. That's the fact. That's true. That is true. And I last week I gave the example. What if they send a cruise missile, goes errant, and hits Poland? That's NATO, that's Article 5, that's war across the board. But, given this president, because he's so fearful of Putin, and so worried about, oh, World War III, you know what? He'll probably let it slide. Nothing will happen. My next question is this. What if they use tactical nuclear weapons? Is that a justification to go? What if he uses chemical weapons? And chemical weapons, like tactical nuclear weapons, are part of Soviet battle doctrine. They put that in their plans. So, God forbid he uses a chemical attack. What if he uses a biological weapon? All three weapons of mass destruction. Horrific loss of life. Do we, as the supposed superpower of the world, just sit on the sidelines and say, sorry, can't cross the border? It's okay if you cross the border, but we can't do that. No. And don't think for a moment this country, the United States, can fight a two-front war. Can't. By two front, I mean two theaters. One in the Pacific, one in the Atlantic, uh, in Europe. Can't do it. Can't be done. We, the military is a shell of itself right now. It's rebuilding. And God knows we left enough equipment for the uh, Taliban. Gee, I wonder if the Ukrainians could have used $86 million worth of equipment right about now. Regardless, those are all just stuff I'm talking about. All right. So that's why we're going to talk about potassium iodide. <clears throat> One of the preparedness staples recommended for those concerned about radiation poisoning is potassium iodide tablets, which are recommended preparedness item 
for those wanting to be ready for a nuclear or EMP preparedness threat. Now we're going to give you insight on how to safely take potassium iodide tablets. Check with your doctor first before you do it. And how to stay safe and protected during uncertain times. If you take potassium iodide and you get sick and you say, well, I heard Jeffers on contrary. Now he told me to do it. No, Jeffers says, buy it, contact your physician, see if, you know, what it may or may not do for you. I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be one, and I'm not one, and I didn't stay at uh, La Quinta Inn or whatever, all right? So it's a cold, hard fact that we live in uncertain times, and things don't seem to be getting any better. If you, like me, years ago, bought a potassium iodide tablets, that's good. You put them in your catch. It's okay to get more. Because you should get preparations together for short and long-term situations. And while we continue down the slippery slope of disaster, it doesn't hurt to be prepared. So here's a scenario we're all quietly thinking about. If U.S. nuclear facilities were compromised, what would you do? How could you care for your loved ones? And we have covered the topic of preparedness for a nuclear war before. We have not discussed immediate actions to take within the first hours. That such a nightmare becomes a reality. So, my friends, listen to this. Let's mention again Cress and Kearney's work, Nuclear War Survival Skills, which can, which can be downloaded from the internet. It is the end-all and be-all for information on preparedness for a nuclear war. For those of you new to prepping, I recommend you read some uh, articles to learn how to better prepare your family, such as a Family Preparedness Guide to Survive in a Nuclear Disaster, 15 Priorities You Need to Follow in the Event of a Nuclear War, 7 Natural Supplements You Should Have in Case of a Nuclear Fallout, and How the Army Trains to Survive an Atomic Battlefield, and yes, yes we do. One of the preparedness staples recommended for those concerned about radiation poisoning is potassium iodide tablets, which are recommended preparedness items for those wanting to be ready. That according to the CDC, KI, which is the symbol for potassium iodide, is a salt of stable, not radioactive iodine that can help block radioactive iodine from being absorbed by the thyroid gland thus protecting this gland from radiation injury. Further, it could be found on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines, and it is commercially produced in quantity in the United States. It is specifically used in medicine to block the excess intake of radiation by the thyroid, hence its value in a nuclear disaster situation. For emergency purposes, potassium iodide tablets are given out by emergency responders to prevent radio iodine uptake. This is a deadly form of radiation poisoning caused primarily by the uptake by the human body of iodine-131 produced with a fission reaction found in a nuclear explosion or a leakage. Now the symptoms of radiation sickness include bleeding from the nose, mouth, gums, and rectum, a bloody stool, bruising, confusion, dehydration, diarrhea, fainting, fatigue, fever, hair loss, inflammation of exposed areas, redness, tenderness, swelling, bleeding, mouth ulcers, nausea and vomiting, open sores on the skin, 
skin burns, redness and blistering, the sloughing of skin, that's when it starts coming off of you, ulcers in the esophagus, stomach or intestines, vomiting blood and weakness. So how does KI work? The thyroid gland cannot tell the difference between stable and radioactive iodine. It will absorb both. KI blocks radioactive iodine from entering the thyroid. When a person takes KI, the stable iodine in the medicine gets absorbed by the thyroid because KI contains so much stable iodine, the thyroid gland becomes full and cannot absorb any more uh, iodine, either stable or radioactive, for the next 24 hours. So KI may not give a person 100% protection against radioactive iodine. Protection will increase dependent on three factors. One is time after contamination. The sooner a person takes KI, the more time the thyroid will have to fill up with the stable iodine. Absorption. The amount of stable iodine that gets to the thyroid depends on how fast KI is absorbed into the blood. Now, I'm guessing it's going to be roughly 20 minutes before it starts getting. It's like if you take aspirin or for a headache or whatever, it takes about 20 minutes. You've got to get in your stomach, got to get into the, you know, into the, the intestines, the liver, and then distributed by the blood to wherever it needs to go. Now, a dose of radioactive iodine. Minimizing the total amount of radioactive iodine a person is exposed to will lower the amount of harmful radioactive iodine the thyroid can absorb. So who can take KI? The thyroid glands of a fetus and of an infant are most at risk of injury from radioactive iodine. Young children and people with low amounts of iodine in their thyroid are also at risk of thyroid injury. So let's talk about the infants and this includes breastfed infants. Infants have the highest risk of getting thyroid cancer after being exposed to radioactive iodine. All infants, including breastfed infants, need to be given the dosage of KI recommended for infants. So uh, 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 infants, particularly newborns, should receive a single dose of KI. More than a single dose may lead to later problems with normal development. Other protective measures should be used. In cases where one or more doses is necessary, medical follow-up will be necessary. Now for children. Now the FDA recommends that all children internally contaminated with or likely to be internally contaminated with radioactive iodine take KI unless they have known allergies to iodine. Then you have your young adults. Now the FDA recommends that young adults between the ages of 18 and 40 uh, internally contaminated with or likely to be internally contaminated with radioactive iodine take the recommended dose of KI. Young adults are less sensitive to the effects of radioiodine than children. For pregnant women, ladies, because all forms of iodine cross the placenta, pregnant women should take KI to protect the growing fetus. Pregnant women should take only one dose of KI following internal contamination with or likely internal contamination with radioactive iodine. For breastfeeding women, women who are breastfeeding should take only one dose of KI if they have been internally contaminated with or are likely to be internally contaminated with radioactive iodine. 
they should be prioritized to receive other protective action measures. Now adults, that's us, older than 40 years old, should not take KI unless public health or emergency management officials say that contamination with a very large dose of radioactive iodine is expected. Now adults older than 40 years old have the lowest chance of developing thyroid cancer or thyroid injury after contamination with radioactive iodine. And adults older than 40 are more likely to have allergic reactions or adverse effects from KI. So how is KI given? The FDA has approved two different forms of KI, potassium iodide, tablets and liquid that people can take by mouth after a radiation emergency involving radioactive iodine. Tablets come in two strengths, 130 milligrams and 65 milligrams. The tablets have lines on them so they can be cut into smaller pieces for lower doses. For the oral liquid solution, each milliliter contains 65 milligrams of KI. According to the FDA, the following doses are appropriate to take after internal contamination uh, with radioactive iodine. Newborns from birth to one month of age should be given 16 milligrams. That's one quarter of a 65 milligram tablet or one quarter milliliter of solution. The dose is for both nursing and non-nursing newborn infants. Infants and children between one and three years of age should take 32 milligrams or half of a 65 milligram tablet or a half milliliter solution. This dose is uh, for both nursing and non-nursing infants and children. Children between uh, three and 18 years of age should take 65 milligrams or one milliliter of solution. That's one tablet. Children who are adult size greater than or equal to 150 pounds should take the full adult dose regardless of their age. Adults should take 130 milligrams. That's one 130 milligram tablet or two 65 milligram tablets or two milliliters of solution. Women who are breastfeeding should take the adult dose of 130 milligrams. How often should it be taken? Taking a stronger dose of KI or taking KI more often than recommended does not offer more protection and can cause severe illness or death. So for example, if two aspirin are good, 15 must be better. That's not the case. Take what you're supposed to, don't take more. A single dose of KI protects the thyroid gland for 24 hours. A one-time dose at recommended levels is usually all that is needed to protect the thyroid gland. In some cases, people can be exposed to radioactive iodine for more than 24 hours. If that happens, public health or emergency management officials may tell you to take a, a one dose of KI every 24 hours for a few days. Avoid repeat dosing with KI for pregnant and breastfeeding women and newborn infants. Next, what are the side effects of KI? may include stomach or gastrointestinal upset, allergic reactions, rashes, inflammation of the salivary glands. When taken as recommended, KI can cause rare adverse health effects related to the thyroid gland. These rare adverse effects are more likely if a person takes a higher than the recommended dose, takes the drug for several days, 
or has pre-existing thyroid disease. Newborn infants that's less than one month old who receive more than one dose of KI are at risk for developing a condition known as hyperthyroidism. That's your thyroid hormone levels that are too low. Did I say hyper? No, it's hypo, hypothyroidism. If not treated, hypothyroidism can cause brain damage. Infants who receive more than a single dose of KI should have their thyroid hormone levels checked and monitored by a doctor and avoid repeat dosing of KI to newborns. Food and water. Now, according to the Prepper's Blueprint, one of the easiest ways to minimize the effects of radiation is knowing where our food comes from and limiting our exposure to radioactive foods and water sources. Thoroughly wash your produce. Despite arguments to the contrary, you can wash radioactive particles off of produce. Adopting an anti-radiation diet can provide natural alternatives to assist the body in ridding itself of radioactive toxins. Foods such as kelp, rosemary, spirulina, miso soup, and niacin all assist the body in fighting radiation damage. Other foods that may help in combating radiation sickness are foods that are naturally uh, detoxify the body. Foods that are high in potassium such as apples, oranges, pineapples, pomegranates are foods that are also good cancer fighters. Foods that are high in antioxidants will also assist your body in ridding itself of radioactive particles. Foods such as green and black teas, make sure that your tea is not from Japan. Garlic, okay, why? Repeat this word, Fukushima. Look it up if you don't know. Garlic, cumin, nettles, dandelions, ginseng, I hate ginseng, lentils, collards, and mustard greens are also suggested. As well, any food or water stored in sealed containers that have any fallout dust is safe to consume, as long as the fallout dust is brushed off or rinsed off outside the container. Take caution not to allow the fallout dust to get inside the container. If you are concerned about water sources, use filtered water in everything, including brushing your teeth and sponge bathing. Purchase a reverse osmosis water filter for ex with extra filtration cartridges. Remember, it's important to replace your filters after multiple uses. Now, at least for the time being, the world's a very uncertain place. Whether we want to accept our newfound reality or not, it's time to prepare for worst case scenarios and understanding the preparedness items that can make your world a little safer is essential. As with any disaster or natural man-made, the time to prepare is before it happens. And keep in mind that complacency can kill you. The disasters strike just when you think they will not, or at a time when everyone is at the dinner table having a grand time. Be prepared with your supplies in your heart and in your mind. Keep prepping. Live tomorrow and try to take care of one another. There you have it. Now, I would suggest you get online. Start looking around for uh, KI. It's going to be hard to find. People, preppers have been buying it. New people, new preppers have been buying it. So with that said, there you go. 
All right, I pretty much had my say for this uh, episode of the Jeffers Brief. I want to thank you all for listening to me and for listening to Contra Radio Network. I do appreciate it. Thank you. If something else craps up in the news, I'll let you know. All right, until next time. Have an American day. Prep today. Live tomorrow. Just gave you something to get in your preps. Something else to put in your preps, my friends, before I go. I would put, I would get the big bottles, big containers of acetaminophen and ibuprofen. I would get some toothpaste, extra toothbrushes. It's the little things that we use every day that we don't think to put in to our supply catch. And sometimes we overlook that. I would get jock itch and athlete's foot spray and put a case of that away. So it's little things like that, all right? So we'll talk to you again next week, provided nothing else happens. You know, think about what, and if you haven't, if you find yourself starting to feel like, you know what, that doesn't sound right, maybe it's a conspiracy theory, listen to my last episode. We talked about the psychology of it and what it means and how it works. All right, until then, I'm John Jeffers. Thanks for listening. To the Jeffers Brief, we'll see you next week. Thanks.